This podcast was funded in part by the UK Arts Council. Welcome to In House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood, and today we are talking with Sahid, a super talented songwriter, lyricist, and producer. I first met Sahid at HMP Lewis at the beginning of last year. He's ruthlessly honest about his story in this interview, and he is 100% a man in love with making music. Well, hi, Sahid. How you doing? I will. I'm all right, you know. All I want was gold, devil on my soul Streets are getting cold, burning on my hip now Watch a nigga froze, playing hide and sick now Belly at the base now Last time I saw you was what? It was, um... HMP Lewis in the classroom, just before the coronavirus Yeah, wasn't it? So it was like March or something, was it? Yeah, around them times Yeah, so, so why don't you, um... Why don't you tell me what you've been up to since then? We can start off from that yeah, that's fine. And obviously, you know my situation while I, while I was in jail, over the home office and whatnot. Yeah, so, so you I, had some deportation issues. I mean, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know how much you issues. feel comfortable going into it. But... Uh, I'm comfortable, man. I ain't got no skeletons in my closet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you give us a uh, an overview of what's that, what that's about? Then? Um, obviously, I got arrested as a kid for concern to supply. I done my sentence. Home office came to me back in 2016, saying that I was up for deportation. But I, I've never heard about the word home office because I've been here since I was in primary school, since a kid. So how old so, were you when when you um, first arrived in the UK? Kid, about kid, ten, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, as I got sent to a detention centre, they gave me a ticket saying that to Cerulean. But this is without no legal like representation or anything like that. So every single time, obviously, I'm rebelling because I'm going through deportation. But they will tell me that, oh, it's threatening behavior. But they're forcing me to go in a plane trying to deport me without even my mother knowing, without my family knowing. And I've been here since a kid. I've never killed nobody. I've never stabbed nobody. I've never shot nobody. I came to jail for concern to supply. I've had fights. I've had APHs and whatnot. But, you know, that's just how the system works. So, long story cut short, I got shipped out to Lewis on security transfer from HMP Omni. Came to Lewis, but I've always liked doing music. And I've done in house when I was in Elmley because that's like my therapy. I always come on myself because I. I would never work for HMP because those are the people that are trying to deport me. When the in-house course was being available in Elmley, so it's like a therapy. So do you remember the first time that you got involved with in-house? What was going on with you then? So I was doing the basic English and maths and I could hear somebody playing the drums next door. So I was like, oh, they must have a music class here because obviously I always gravitate to sounds, innit? So I must have gravitated to the drums being played in the, in the classroom. So obviously I came through Then I saw kids playing with the drums or whatnot. So me being me and me being very socially adaptable in whatever situation I found myself. So I just literally grabbed the microphone and I told was it the guy that was playing the drum to give me a riff like when they gave me a beat 
And I just started freestyling in it. So I told the officer, I told the officer, yo, can I sign up for this course? He's like, yeah, put your name down. So obviously I put my name down the following week I was in the class. Then yeah, after that, that day we just started working every single day I go to class. I had it in my target like, I go and make a song. <laughs> so I go back after free flow, go back to my soul. I write my lyrics in my soul, come back the next day. Then I'll just like record it over and over. Then Dave and team would give me like some pay, like some research, it's like music work, like production work that I can take back to my soul. And I'd go through things like mixing, because I love to engineer, I'd love to learn how to engineer myself. So I'd sit down in my cell and I'd, I'd be going through like the mixing size, the, comp- the compressors, the limiters and things like that, the EQ, like I'd get about it. So when I come to the class the next day, because now I have read what I've done the following night, now I know one or two things, I can just help myself out. So you were certainly one of the most industrious people in that group. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You were you were super productive. Um, had you made music like that before? Had you recorded stuff? Or were you learning f- from scratch with that? No, basically, um, I went to college. I didn't really know what to do. Like, obviously, I'm not a dumb kid. I'm, a quite, I'm quite a smart kid, but I don't really like school i don't really like paperwork i don't really like like i don't know i don't know what it is but i was being distracted i had other focuses in my life because of my environment you know what i'm trying to say so yes i was one of them people I was stupid enough not to realize it but then i went to college and the only course that i liked to do was the music course that was in there because i don't want to do no english no maps or anything like that i like music so i did the music course but even then, it wasn't really paying attention to it. It was just in there because every every other kid was in there doing whatever. So it's more, it was more like a youth club. So I went for the whole two years in college, not really knowing nothing much about sound engineering, even though I got my certificate for it. But it was only when I came to Elmley and I went to in-house, then I started knowing one or two stuff and I started researching it. So yeah. What difference did having in-house at HMP Lewis, what difference did it make to your day and what difference did it make to your mental health? Well, a lot, man, if I'm being honest with you, like, if I didn't have the in-house, I would never have come out of my soul. Not because I'm being victimised or anything like that, because I'm not a victim, everybody knows that, you know what I'm trying to say. But it's like, I had this belief in me, it's like, I've got too much pride, wherein I see the HMP, the system, as the people who are trying to deport me. So therefore, I'm not going to work for the people who are trying to deport me. So I would never apply for a wing job or any education or anything like that. Because like I said, academically, I'm quite smart and I'm quite sound. So people can't tell me about school because I did went to school and I'm not stupid. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna take your call. I'm not going to work for you lot because you lot are the people that are trying to deport me. So if I didn't do in-house, I would have just been in my soul being bored 24-7 and who knows what would have happened. You know what I mean? 
So, one of the tracks that you sent me, the uh, one that begins with um, almost like an acoustic line uh, where you're saying, I ain't trying to entertain it, I'm just trying to give you the perspective on my lifestyle. Yeah. Tell me about that, because that's got a kind of preaching vibe to it. What do you mean by that? Actually, that's why the project I'm working on at the moment is called Band of Blues. Because most people think... um, this drug, like the drug game, is just all fancy. It's all making money. There's no, it's just, there's nothing negative about it. But there is negative negativity about it. There's people dying out. There's family members, people losing families, and whatnot. So if you're gonna paint a story about the streets or the roads or whatnot, you have to be able to give two, the two perspectives, not just one perspective of it. So that's why the album is called Band of Blues. Yes, I love it. <laughs> like, yes, this is what I did. Well, this is also the consequences of it. It sounds like you're almost having a kind of cathartic, confessional type experience with your songwriting. There is that what's going on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Just it's more like a, a self perspective. I'm reminiscing. It's like it's like a reminiscing type of thing, like self perspective, visual about my life, how I grew up. Like I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm definitely not proud of it. But I'm definitely not ashamed of it either, because this is what it is. Like, I know I'm not a bad human being. I made I made mistakes. But like I said, I've never killed nobody. I've never raped nobody. I've never assaulted nobody. I've had fights, don't get me wrong. I've got I've got an aggression, I've got anger issues, things like that. But that don't make me a bad human being. I've always had a home. My mom's always like I'm not one of them kids where when I be like, oh I had a had life or anything like that. That was never the case. You have brothers uh, and sisters. I'm single. Nah, I just one sister. But it's just me and my little sister. And one parent. Okay. One minute. Okay. So, so it's like most of the time, it's always my mom's at work. It's from when I was in that year seven, my mom's always been at work. So whilst my mom goes to work, so yeah, we just literally started selling weed. Started off there selling weed, doing whatever. Next minute, then when reality strikes, police come full and you get arrested. But that does not make you a bad person. You're being influenced about, being influenced by the, the, the culture that's around you, by your environment. People should just know where they came from and where they're going, and you do you have, you have a, a better perspective in life. You know what I'm trying to say. So this this whole idea of, of where you where you came from. So is your mum still around? She's still alive. Yeah, my mum's still alive. She's yeah. still around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, how has she handled the uh, her son spending so much time inside? It, was she in the UK? Yeah, my mum's been there for years, man. Years, but obviously, she's been she she's been through it, man. At the end, of, she's like she's like super human in it. Without my mum, I don't know where I'll be at the moment. Cause it's like, and that's that that's that's where it is. My mum's always been there since the age of five. Since I was five years old, she's just been by herself. So it's like, there's nothing else. She can do no wrong to me. You know what I'm trying to say? She's she's seen me in full everything. She's been to so many visits, like hundreds of miles away, put her for so much stress. But these are all my consequences because of my actions. But then now day, she's got, she and my daughter have to go forward. So most of my songs, I do if you, if you listen to the lyrical content of it, it's always influenced by the struggles 
like my conscience is always influenced about my conscience you think about the things that you put your family through it can be your mom it can be your dad your sister your friends and unfortunately for me it's my mom so it's like most of my music is influenced from my mom's struggles and what so what do you think she wants for you going forward now going forward I think it's just to suck this situation with a home office because like I said I ain't done nothing other than uh, other than the fact that I've got anger issues and I lash out verbally I've never done anything like that does she so, um, does she get your music does she um, do you play your music uh, I got most of my, my musical influences come from my mom oh yeah when I was young or when I was young my, all my mom listened to it's funny like oh, this, is, this was in Africa you know all my, all my mom listens to was Don Williams Tracy Chapman Dolly Parton Marvin Gaye like the and Diana Ross the whole of like the whole town it's from when I was a kid from when I was a baby my mom's always listening to music like that so when I'm at home the music that my mom plays always like my mom's a musical person she's always be in the house dancing but she's not dancing to like African songs she's dancing to this country in western music <laughs> yeah I mean that that whole world of black american music that has just um, colonized the world really hasn't it you know some of those names that you mentioned yeah, but i mean you're also talking about dolly parton which i think is a crazy one to throw yeah, into man, the mix working nine to five what does a what does a success in music look like for you where, where would you like to take it what does it what does it mean to be successful in music to be successful, I just I just want my make my own studio. That's all it is. If I like literally, if I can have my own studio and like literally where it's my own place of serenity, like therapy, I can just go that go go down there, let myself away from all the bullshit. Like that's success to me. I'm, I have I have to be able to love it first before someone else to look like someone else to love it. So therefore, if I for whatever music that I do, if I love it. That's success to me. So, for people that are listening to this that have no experience of um, of prison life or, or dealing with prisoners, I mean, it's always amazing to me that there is so much talent in UK prisons, right? I, I don't know why that is continually a surprise to me, but it is. What would you say to people that that have this opinion that... If you're in prison, then you shouldn't be receiving music workshops. You shouldn't be working with a record label. What's your response to that? Those people are just idiots. I'm sorry about my language. Again, if you think you should music, just so what? If if you're gonna ban music, let me ask them this question: Are you gonna ban? Are you gonna ban English and maths? Are you gonna ban the whole of free flow? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? You know what I'm trying to say? Are you going to ban any education work? Because I don't think the music is education to you. Well, the, arg- got the argument the to argument. that, the pushback would be that um, English and maths, you need it to be a stand a chance of having a professional work life or, or whatever, whereas music yeah, but is... The argument is th- then the argument is this. Every human, born, every human being is born with a right to fucking learn. You're never too old or too young to learn. You have that's your God-given right as a human being, just like it's, it's your right as a human being to have food in your belly, even though most people go hungry. That's why the that's why the world is fucked up. It's like that's your that's your right, that's your God-given right, that's your human right. You're, you're meant to learn. 
So if you, you you've given your freedom, that's your punishment. The ability. Do you know what people do? The ability to be able to leave your door and go to the shop anytime you want. That's freedom. When somebody take that away from you, yes, some of, some people have done hideous crime. I'm not here glorifying it or whatnot, but they've lost that ability to be able to go to the shop when they want, to be able to see their kids, their family, what they want. That's their punishment. Yeah, if they still want to learn a skill that when you go do carpentry, when you go do plumbing, that's a skill. When you sit down and when you do music, that's a skill. When you watch your TV, your extenders or whatnot, when you hear that sound, that soundtrack, that background. That's that somebody playing the keys. When you hear your music coming out, that's somebody doing something, the DJ. So therefore, you these are all avenues. Pray like criminals. If you don't want them to come back out and go back to like selling drugs or whatnot, these are avenues they can learn and these are skills they can learn and they can take and do something to earn legal money. But if you want to then say, you know what, I'm going to give them double jeopardy, I'm going to take their freedom away, then I'm going to take their human basic right to learn a skill, then what have you done to society? You ain't done nothing to society other than make it bad. Because them, them, them people are going to come out of jail with no skills, no education, still, still the same mentality, but then this time wiser. Wiser because now they know how prison works. Now they're used to it. They're not scared of prison. I'm not scared of prison. Prison did not rehabilitate me. I rehabilitated myself because I know where I came from and I know where I want to go. Prison didn't make me do that. No office, like, the only people that helped me in prison was in-house. It was only the last six, six, six months I spent in Lewis that actually helped me. Every single job that I've been to, I, can, I, I cannot tell you I got any positive, pos, positive like, feedback to them. It's always racist and injustice. It's, Lewis was the only place I went for six months. I never went to the block. Well, look, man, I'm, I'm really pleased that in-house could be that for you. I really am. And I hope that we can continue to be that for you on the outside and... Do you know what I mean? And, and help you through what must be... Uh, I mean, when we spoke on the phone earlier, you know, you were saying, you were saying, uh, I'm just trying to stay positive. And, and I think, you know, it, for people that haven't spent any time in prison, it's a, it's a difficult time to stay positive, right? For a lot of people. Yeah, man, like, literally, like, I, I lost like, a friend. I'm not, I'm not even going to put him on blast. I don't, I'm not even going to say his name at the end of the day. He came out of jail, literally the same week I came out of jail. He's dead now. He's dead now. So he's done eight years in jail. The last eight years he's done in jail. He come out of jail, he's, he, he's dead now. So that's what I'm trying to be positive. I'm not trying to be out on the roads, not doing nothing positive. Because what's that going to get me? Going to get me, my mom, my mom laying, putting flowers on my grave, my sister putting flowers on my grave. I don't want to see my mom like that. Nowadays, everybody's killing each other. What? I'm just trying to stay positive. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, you lost a friend, man. That that's really uh, nah, that's that happens, good. man. Yeah. So that that was that wasn't COVID. That was something else. Yeah, that's something else. That's just the roads. That's what I'm trying to say to people that unless if it's benefiting you personally, ain't no point about it. Because I end day just going back to the cells, 23 hour bang up, having six people at a time, no free flow, no none because of COVID. I don't want to live my life like that. Yeah, I want to be able to see my sister. I want to be able to go shop when I want. I want to be able to eat Chinese when I want. <laughs> Literally. All right, man. I wish you um, all the luck in the world working with Dave. You're in a safe pair of hands there in his studio. And then... Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, once the whole in-house crew is um, able to be more social, 
I'll see you, um, no doubt, at some kind of performance um, venue or something like that. Hopefully, man. That's the plan. Yeah. It's always a good time. Thank you. All I right. Appreciate it. Lots of love. Stay Bye. positive. Always, man. Thanks. All Bye. Right, man. Bye. To find out more about the world's only prison-run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word, inhouserecords.org. And if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In-House Podcast is an APA production for In-House Records.